0: Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage
1: using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332
2: Smithville Telephone Company, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922, offering bundled packages, high speed internet, and wireless phones. Smithville Telephone, local pride, global technology.
1: Information at smithville.net.
0: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. And today we're going to talk about athletics at Indiana University with Athletic Director Fred Glass. Mary Catherine is uh, off in Florida enjoying spring break, but joining me in the studio is uh, the professional broadcaster, Stan Jasrubsky. Mary Catherine's on assignment, I think. Right. <laughs> the news director here at WFIU. Uh, if you'd like to join us on the program, you have a number of ways. You can call us at 855-0811 or 877 285 934 you can join us uh, on the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition and we're also twittering, uh, follow at noon edition. Let me give you a little background on Fred Glass before we get started. He has his bachelor's in law degrees from IU uh, and is a partner in the law firm of Baker and Daniels, chief of staff to former governor Evan Bayh, former president of the Indianapolis Capital Improvement Board. His uh, Indianapolis sports-related accomplishments include a central role in financing and building Lucas Oil Stadium, organizing a Super Bowl bid for the city and bringing major NCAA basketball events to the city. Um, as Michael McRobbie said upon announcing Fred's appointment, he has a well-earned reputation as someone who can get big things done. He and his wife, Barbara, have four children, a daughter who graduated from IU and three sons, uh, one who's at Marquette and two who uh, are not old enough to have graduated or gone off to college yet. So we welcome Fred to the program. Thanks, Fred, for
2: being here. Thanks, Bob and Stan. I really appreciate the invitation. Sure. Now,
0: we... we uh, have lots of things we can talk about today and I'm sure our listeners will want to join in as well. Um, I know that we – I've had the opportunity to talk to you and, and you've talked about your sort of – your vision and philosophy for IU sports and what you hope to do in the job. And I, I know some other people may have heard that but I think it bears repeating. Could you sort of talk about your vision for what you want to do with the, the position?
2: Sure. I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. Uh, I really outlined this my first day when it was announced because I thought it was important during the uh, process when I was interacting with the search committee to try to form a vision and let the let the search committee know and ultimately the president know what I intended to uh, accomplish. And thankfully, uh, during my time on the job, it's only been underscored that I think that those are the right priorities. I also have the experience that if you don't have your own priorities, everybody else's priorities can become your priorities. Um, and so I think it's a good touchstone for me in terms of how I spend my time and what I uh, try to focus on in the office. And there's a really... Three, and kind of added a fourth thing over time, the number one uh, thing is compliance to make sure that Indiana University is once again known as a place uh, that follows the rules that we do in fact follow the rules and, and re uh, take that uh, that reputation that high ground and we've focused quite a bit on doing that. Secondly, we want to achieve academically uh, we want to be a place where moms and dads can send their sons and daughters and know they 're going to go to class and they know they 're going to do well, and they know they 're going to graduate. Um, that's critical, and that's something we were always known for and need to be known for that again. And then finally, um, thirdly and importantly, but, but but only thirdly, is we want to excel athletically. We are the athletic department. After all, we want to win Big Ten championships. We want to produce national uh, champions, and um, we are focusing on ways to try to accomplish that through Um, giving our coaches the tools that they need to succeed, uh, supporting our teams through perhaps enhanced uh, marketing and team support efforts, and uh, so on and so forth. And then the fourth thing that uh, sort of is integrated with the other three is uh, really trying to integrate uh, the athletic department with the university, Um, making sure that uh, we, the athletic department, aren't a little silo out there across 17th Street, but rather we're, we're integrated in the university. And I want to do that you know, because I'm a great guy and all that, but but I but I also have a selfish motive, which is there's all these world-class resources resident in the university, whether it's at the Kelly School or the or the Journalism School or our Information Technology um, uh, function, which is among the best in the country, and those are all resources that I hope to bring to bear on achieving my three. Goals of the athletic department. So sorry for the filibuster there, but that, that's, that, that's 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 the the priorities that I have. That's
0: all right. I want to follow up just briefly because you talked about integrating with the rest of the university, and shortly after you were named athletic director, you also uh, took on the title of vice president. How important is that to being able to do the things you want to do?
2: I, I think it's an important signal. I was I was uh, pleased that the uh, that the president uh, recommended that, and the board of trustees. Uh, approved that um, it's it's different than from what had gone on before and I think it sends a message um, both internally and externally that my uh, that, that my job really transcends the athletic department and and I try to do that every day when i'm sitting in my office in assembly hall to think about not just how does this affect the athletic department or not just how can this further the athletic department but how can it further the university and it's it's a little bit of a nuanced um, change of perspective. But I think it's a real important one. And I've appreciated the opportunity to, to be a vice president, to sit in cabinet meetings and to offer the president perspectives and advice on things beyond the athletic department.
3: Do you think the athletic department has been something of an island in the past? And and, and that's something you're trying
2: to get away from? Well, I've really tried hard to look forward in this job and not behind to, to learn lessons, but not, not, not be critical of what went on in the past. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's fairly apparent as as happens in a lot of university settings that the that the athletic department can become a bit of a silo and there can be um certain degrees of uh mistrust uh flowing both ways. And so whether that was or wasn't the uh the, the reality or the or the culture before, we're really trying to establish a culture where 17th Street isn't a moat, you know, it's it's um it's uh, uh that the athletic department can interact positively not only with the university but with with, with Bloomington and the, and the community at large, we've we've tried to reach out to, um, to institutions and individuals and businesses in the community to see how we can work together um, uh, in the best interest of, uh, of the community as well as the athletic department.
3: Trevor You think you've been able to, even in just a short time on the job, been able to break down some of the maybe psychological barriers that exist between the athletic department and other departments on campus or people in the, the city itself?
2: Well, I think that's never a box that you check and say, "Oh, good, that's done." I think it's you got to get you got to keep keep at it, and I'll leave it to others to, to to conclude whether we've made progress in that regard. But I do think we've been working at it. Um, I've tried to be available to meet. You know, we met with the Bloomington Economic Development Council, spoke to quite a few folks there. I've been interacting with the leader of the chamber and the tourism uh, bureau. Um, those sorts of things. Try to be present in, in the community. And what I can say is, the reception of that has been extraordinary. I think there's a real eagerness or even thirst for that kind of integration. And to the extent that suggests that maybe that had been lacking a bit in the past, that 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 may be uh, that may be a just conclusion.
0: All right, our guest today is Fred Glass, the uh, athletic director at Indiana University. If you want to give us a call and. Ask Fred a question, you can call us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also join the discussion uh, two other ways on our website, wfiu.org slash and on Twitter, follow at Noon Edition. Um, I wanted to follow up on the academic end of things. I, and this is a little small piece of it, but I wrote an editorial recently, just a, a, a short editorial about the times of games and I, what sort of got me going was the IU's last basketball game, which was played in Wisconsin, started at, uh, what, 7 o'clock on a Sunday night. So, the, I mean, those students couldn't have been fresh for class on Monday. How much can you do in, in your job to try to put what I would – this is my word – some sanity into scheduling of these games when these
2: student athletes can actually be students? Yeah, I can I can endorse what you're saying, Bob. Because I was at that game, and I assure you, I wasn't very fresh uh, on that uh, Monday. Um, uh, it, it really is challenging and frustrating. I mean, I hate to be like grandpa, but I remember when I was here, and we always played on you know Saturday afternoons and Tuesday nights. Saturday afternoon, Tuesday nights. You knew when it was going to, you knew when it was going to be. And f- football, it's a little different, but you know, we always knew we were playing at one o'clock on Saturday, and now the thing moves all around. And so, I think it's frustrating not only from a uh, Miss class uh, perspective, but also just trying to get your fan base to kind of know when you play and all that. Obviously, TV drives all that, um, and um, and uh, you know it's a two edged sword. We enjoy a lot of resources from uh, from television that we would have to probably replace uh, otherwise. On the other hand, it's very disruptive. To answer your question specifically, I think as an athletic director, um, we have a uh, we are in a position to counsel presidents which ultimately control the Big Ten network. Um, that's a big driver of the TV times. Um, that may be the easiest dragon to slay because we have more control over that than than broader uh, TV arrangements. So um, I, I, I think, unfortunately, the uh, staggered schedules are, are here to stay, but I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe we can sand off the j- edges of the most egregious things like the, the nine o'clock tips in Wisconsin and Minnesota and those kinds of things. They're, they're crazy.
3: You, you've seemed very well prepared for this job coming in. Um, I'm curious to know what what don't we see. Are there things that have surprised you, or or what has been the most um, the most surprising or, or uh, unexpected thing in in your time on the job thus far?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate the comment about being prepared. You know, it was really an accident. I never aspired to this job or or, or set out a course to try to become the athletic director in at Indiana University. Um, but I do think these this hodgepodge of experiences that I've had in terms of not being able to keep a job for very long has <laughs> put me in a position to, to, um, to I think bring a, a skill set that that, meets, that uh, fits pretty well. In terms of surprise, that's kind of a funny question because I really wasn't sure what to expect um, exactly. Um, but one thing that was um, su- surprising to me in, in a way sort of discouraging and maybe a little encouraging at the same time was to uh, come in and uh, actually hear from a couple of uh, coaches and some other uh, uh, people connected with the athletic department showing surprise and asking why would I come to Indiana University? Why would somebody with options want to come to the athletic department? And I was really disappointed to hear that. Not that it scared me off like I would made the wrong choice, but why somebody who's in the middle of you know, Bloomington, Indiana, Indiana University – the Big Ten, all the great traditions that we have in, in basketball and men's soccer and swimming and diving and track and field and on and on would would, would feel that um, they're in a place that's not worthy of somebody wanting to come to. And, and I reflected on that and I started to think, well, why, why would somebody feel that way? And you start looking at it and taking two steps back and you think five ADs in eight years. And no matter how great those people were, if you've got five ADs in eight years, that's a tough environment. Three college presidents in that period of time. We had an iconic coach that was summarily fired, not only divided the athletic department, but divided the entire state of Indiana. His successor was self-proclaimed not ready for that position. And then his successor was a complete disaster. You've got Coach Hepp. You get this incredibly right guy and he – know, dies of brain cancer. Um, So the department's really taken uh, a lot of torpedo hits that would have sunk a lot of ships, and I I think it was almost useful to hear that because it really brought home how how hard all this turmoil has been on the department and Indiana University Athletics. And I guess as a fan and alumnus, you know, I felt that, but until I got right into the, the the eye of it, I guess I didn't see the toll that it had taken on the department. I think the good news is it doesn't have to be that way, you know. I think we definitely have uh, the right coach, and 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 Coach Crean. Uh, coach Lynch is uh, going the right direction with the football program, um, the the recruiting situation, the, the the development in the in the stadium. Um, and I'm hopeful to bring. I hope I'll be bringing stability to the department. This is the last job I want to have. I hope to do this job for ten or fifteen years. So. So part of it is uh, letting people know that it, that, 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 that it doesn't have to be the way it's been. It's, it's not – well, it's, it's, uh, it's not inherently a part of the department to have that kind of turnover, which I think breeds the kind of challenges that we've faced.
0: Now, some challenges that you're facing now, I would think, are with the economy. I mean, everybody's is cha- facing challenges right. with the economy. Right. So in the, this – these three months that you've been on the job, I mean how does the economic situation um, affect the direction you're – not the direction you're going but how fast maybe you can get where
2: you right. want to be? Right. Well, you know, it's it's really tough to get this great dream job and then have it in the middle of a recession and you don't have the resources <laughs> that you'd like to have to really – um, push things forward, um, and there 's no safe harbors. you know we are reliant on the on the general economy because we 're a self sustaining unit. Um, we generate our own money, we either earn it through ticket sales and sponsorships and that sort of thing, or we ask for it from our from our generous donor base we don 't get uh, subsidized by the university or, or the legislature or that sort of thing um, and because the economy is hurting that that makes those sales and asks tougher. Um, I'm optimistic that we will meet our budget requirements next year. We're going to have a flat budget. I would rather have a growing budget to do some of the things that I'd like to do. Um, but uh, in this in this environment, a flat budget, I think, is um, is uh, okay. And we're setting the table and trying to to batten down the hatches and get uh, tighter and smarter so that when the economy turns up, we'll be in a position to really exploit that.
3: You've you said that uh, you were. Not excited about the having a recession when you started your job. Is that uh, something that's made the job um, not necessarily harder than you imagined but, but different than you imagined when you were first
2: uh, in talks about taking it? Um you know, I guess everybody would hope that they'd, they'd have growing resources to do what they wanted to accomplish. But even before I took the job, I mean, there were challenges in the economy. And, and um, certainly in a law firm, uh, we're very connected with what's going on in the economy. So, you know, I'm used to managing and I was, you know, in a management position at the law firm. And so I understand that you've got to react to uh, to uh, realities. You got to bloom where you're planted. And, and, and so, you know, I've dealt with those situations before. I'll probably – Deal with a couple more cycles like that again, but um, I think better times are are on the horizon, and we're just going to try to set the table to uh, be ready to take advantage of those.
0: One of the uh, economic challenges that I think IU has had in the past few decades, maybe forever, is putting people into the football stadium. Right. And so I, I know you've got some plans for how you want to to accomplish
2: that. Can you share those with us? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited about the new stadium. You know, people talk about the North End Zone Project. I really view that as a new stadium. Um, it's really nothing less than that. It's going to be a great new venue. Um, we uh, are optimistic about what we're going to do on the field, but I think it's a cop-out to suggest that we can't get people in the stands until, you know, the, 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 the winds vastly outnumber the losses. So we're going to try to have a great game day experience um, we're going to uh, try to uh, highlight the fact that we're a college experience. Uh, we're going to do, you know, even little things like uh, encourage students to come in and hang uh, bed sheets with their Greek letters or their dormitory or their favorite player painted on that and, and have a lot of action inside and outside the stadium so that hopefully uh, hopefully, kids are saying, hey, Mom and Dad, want to, I want to get in there. I want to go down to Bloomington. I want to get out of the parking lot and go into the stadium. We're going to um, work with the university on trying to encourage our our hearty tailgating crews to to to, to make it the last uh, five yards and get on into the into the stadium, and just create an environment that people. I'm hopeful that after the first game, people leave and say, "You know, I got to go home and take a nap or something." I mean, that was incredible. There was a lot of stuff going on because it costs us as much to throw a party for twenty thousand people as it does for fifty thousand people and all that money flows to the bottom line. I, you know, I look in the stands um, and see empty seats and think uh, opportunity. You know, if if we were, if if our stadium was full and we had financial challenges, you know, that'd be sort of disconcerting because where that money's coming from. Well, we have financial challenges and we're sitting on a bunch of, uh, we're sitting on a bunch of inventory that if we can convert it, it'll all go to the bottom line.
3: There was a, a season ticket sale last year for, for football and there was a, a high-profile, you know, $5-seat sale for basketball tickets. Any plans to keep that sort of momentum flowing into maybe next football season to try and fill the the stands?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're sort of uh, consistent with our interest in integrating and utilizing, leveraging university resources. We've got a group of uh, business students, both MBA and undergrads, working under the auspices of a um, business school professor, helping us think through game day experience, pricing alternative sponsorship opportunities. We're also going to probably directly engage a professor from the business school to help us think about some of our paid media um, and that sort of thing and that will include discounting. I I hope to uh, be in a position to um, announce – we'll go to maybe a $5 ticket for uh, students at, at football games. Uh, maybe even a game day, $5 ticket for students. And, you know, I'm toying with the idea of, of maybe any student. So if you get students that are here visiting from other schools, um, you know, they can get a $5 ticket. So if I don't, want, I don't want somebody hosting friends from other campuses to hinder them going to the game. Um, so I think we'll be doing some things like that. We're going to hold the overall ticket package price at the 2007 level kind of a back-to-the-future idea. 2007 was a pretty good year. We won the bucket. Uh, We went to a bowl game. Let's bring 2007 back. And so on a package basis, um, we're going to hold the – actually go back and uh, and reduce the overall package cost.
0: You know, Ohio State plays here this year. Maybe we should charge Ohio State students like – $30 Thirty or forty dollars. You know, not yeah, high, yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll yeah. probably bring a crowd. Exactly. Right. All right. Fred Glass is our guest today. He's the uh, director of athletics at Indiana University. If you want to join us, eight five five zero eight one one or eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. You can join the discussion at wfiu.org dot slash noon edition, and we're also on Twitter. Follow us at Noon Edition. We did get uh, one email earlier, and this has to do with uh, fans and fan behavior. It says, uh, is there going to be a more proactive response to student boorishness
2: at basketball games? Um, well, I'm not sure exactly what they're they're talking about. Um, I do think we need to um, um, work hard to engage our students in a very positive way, not only at basketball, but football. We, we, we have a pretty good interactive uh, um, cheer and uh, uh, roll for the students at basketball games. We not so much at, at football. I think there's some things we can do to build that tradition. Um, working on ideas to get the students in there earlier. I mean, some of the behavior I don't like is that Coach Crean walks out to engage the students uh, right before game time, and half of them aren't there because they the culture is to roll in a little late. I mean, and that was the culture back in Bobby Knight's days when I was here. In the late '70s and early '80s, so I think we're um, going to uh, do some things to try to get them engaged earlier. My guess is the uh, emailer is responding to some of the students' um, um inappropriate uh, ad libbing of, of cheer responses, and um, you know we're going to try to do what we can to uh, to uh, do things the Indiana way, which is not included that kind of that kind of language. Um, at the same time, um, we want to create an environment that's. Uh, that's uh, uh, um, high energy and um, maneuvering that line will be the uh, the challenge. Yeah, well, because it's not just an Indiana
0: University issue by any means. Correct. It happens at uh, college events everywhere. I'm not condoning it, right. but it right. does happen all over. Right.
3: When um, Rick Greenspan left his last trustee meeting in December, he said that one of the things he expected that would happen shortly after he left was that – the university would get about a seven million dollar gift of property to help fund the new baseball stadium. Can you give us any update on that on that gift and, and on how that construction is moving forward?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, the right value on on that uh, land, but there is a significant gift um, setting out there that uh, needs to have some uh, um, details worked through in terms of some environmental. Issues and all that, but we're optimistic that that ultimately we'll get uh, that gift, and and uh, I'll be pleased if it's in the neighborhood of seven million dollars.
3: And any uh, idea what the time frame on on completing that is?
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, in the range of 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 uh, months. You know, not weeks, not years, but I'm hopefully that'll clarify itself in you know four, four, four months. Uh, range okay all right we uh, would like for you to join us in the second half
0: of the program when uh, we continue our conversation with fred glass the iu athletic director call us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or you can find us online wfiu.org slash or on twitter follow at noon we'll be right back we're going to take a short break
1: You're listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45.
0: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from The Herald Times along with Stan Jastrzewski and our guest today, Fred Glass, the athletic director at Indiana University. If you would like to join us on the program, please call us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can join us online, wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And we're on Twitter, follow at Noon Edition. And in addition to all this um, – Fred Glass will be the guest on this Sunday's Profiles. So you can tune in at 7 p.m. and uh, listen to the interview that was done earlier. Um, more information at WFIU.org slash profiles. All right. Uh, we were talking about facilities before we went to the break. and. Um, Stan was asking about the baseball facility. I know there are lots of other things. The practice facility is underway. The football stadium project is underway and there have been other discussions of other uh, other facility upgrade. So can you give us kind of an overview of where we are and have things been slowed down because of the economic situation?
2: Right. In terms of the ongoing uh, projects, they they haven't slowed down. The the, the football stadium project should be complete in July, ready for this upcoming football season. So we're excited about that. That's going to be really an extraordinary uh, building for us, not only in terms of football game day experience, but the uh, Hall of Champions and some of the um, opportunities that'll provide to bring people on onto our campus. The, uh, practice development, uh, facility, the basketball facility should be done around, uh, Christmas time. So hopefully the team will be able to move into that, uh, between semesters. And we're really excited about that. And that'll, that'll vault us into the forefront of, of, uh, of basketball facilities. Um, as I go around the big 10, you see what they do at Michigan state and different places. And that'll be a real great compliment to assembly hall. Um, one project, um, is the uh, academic center uh, candidly um, there wasn't money allocated for that when I when I when I got here they, there was a plan to sort of put people in there but not to have the kind of things that I think Indiana University would want to have to showcase our commitment to academics so I've been focusing on identifying resources to do the academic center right to have smart boards and computer stations um, our academic all American banners and. And really have that as a as a uh, as a testament to um, the university's commitment to uh, academic support. Um, baseball, softball, uh, as you alluded to, Stan has been um, something on the radar screen for a while, and we're we're trying to sort out the best way to get that done. We want to get that done. I think there's an opportunity with facilities to really uh, move our program forward in the in the Big Ten. We are the Florida of the Big Ten, as I like to point out, the southernmost campus in the conference. And so we ought to have a strong baseball and softball programs and facilities is an important component to that. And then we have some other things that, frankly, um, we need to bolster. Um, I, I hate to say this, but um, we have some real challenges with our swimming and diving venue. Um, the, the venue itself is strong, but, but some of the uh, accoutrements have been uh, neglected. Uh, we have the best diving coach probably in the world yet the diving scoreboard hasn't worked here for two years. Um, we, have a, we have a world-class uh, swimming coach, yet um, two other universities have said they're not going to come back to our facility unless we get our scoreboard and our touch pads fixed. F- for a program with the tradition we've had and where we want to be nationally, that's ridiculous. And So those are things we just have to fix because I really would like to not only be going to Rose Bowls and football and Final Fours in world- and national championships and basketball. But I want to get back to where we were with swimming and diving, with track and field, uh, men's soccer, and we're going to make the investments that we need to do that. Trevor
3: Burrus You talked earlier about engaging donors and and, and it's my experience that the donor base is the way to get big gifts and move things forward quickly. How can you effectively reach those people who have the large pocketbooks and are interested in funding the continued success of the athletic programs?
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think you're exactly right and especially in this environment, that's, that's where the money is going to come from. I don't think the General Assembly is going to write us a check or uh, or or the uh, university is going to allocate resources that would otherwise go to academics. These are going to have to be um, funds from individuals that want to support their university that way. Um, I think the answer is the same whether we're talking about gigantic uh, donors that want to give us a bajillion dollars or the entry-level donor that maybe starts out you know, fresh out of college giving us $300 or $500. I think it's a matter of connecting with the university and I think sometimes unfortunately uh, the donor relationship is looked at too much as a transactional relationship. I'll give you X amount of money and you give me a parking pass. I'll give you X amount of money and you put me down three more rows um, and, and, and that floats some people boat. Uh, that's a driver for some but I think for most, they want to be connected with our university um, and I think we can do a better job of connecting those folks through experiences. So maybe right now the, the entry-level uh, contribution is $300 and we don't really give those folks much. But what if they came in and had a special um, um, scrimmage view of the of the men's basketball team with a chalk talk afterwards by, uh, by Coach Crean? And wouldn't they feel more connected to the university and maybe willing to start moving up the tree? And I don't think we owe that just to the athletic department. But oftentimes contributing to the athletic department is an entry-level uh, donor – status with the university generally. A lot of our best donors for the university get grown through the connection with the athletic department. So um, I think we need to do uh, the best job we can of connecting our donors. And for our our entry-level donors, it might be something as I described. And for our our, uh, higher potential donors, maybe it's an enhanced game day experience. Maybe it's more interaction with senior people with the university and the department. And we're actually working on that kind of thing right now.
0: All right. We've got uh, we've still got plenty of time in the program, but uh, we'd like to hear from you. So call us at 855-0811 or out of Bloomington, you can call us at 877-285-9348. And you can also join the discussion at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition or follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Um, back to uh, one facility that that the university was trying to improve a few years ago and it ran into some environmental issues and some opposition was a golf course. Mm-hmm. Is there any plan to try to develop a new golf
2: course or do work on the current golf course? Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. You've been looking at my things to do list, no. Bob, I think. <laughs> um, um, I'm actually trying to evaluate what I what, – at least what my recommendation would be on, on sort of the best uh, uh, plan – for the golf course, some work on that's been done. There is a lot of uh, people who are much more knowledgeable about golf courses and golf course management who have engaged on this, and so we're we're working to try to sort through what what the best uh, uh, way to use that asset. It is a wonderful asset. I mean, it's this beautiful green space, uh, part almost part of campus. A lot of the universities got to travel halfway to Kingdom Come to get to their golf course. Now, I am told that in terms of the um, the layout, it may not be the it may not be the jewel of the Big Ten. Um, and um, so there, there may be some room to do some improvements there to make it more attractive and maybe perhaps make it a destination and fill it in maybe for some of the experience things we're talking about with, with donors. So I think, I think it's a real, um, a real asset for us, but I do think there needs to be some work to figure out what kind of investments we could make uh, and what the, what the return would be on those investments
3: you know the common mantra of athletic directors is you do best when you stay out of the public eye right. but but you've sort of been been counter to that in your your time here i mean you've been going to to public gatherings you're obviously on this program here why the why the more public persona in the first couple
2: of months on the job right yeah, that's a, that's a good observation i i i would like to be uh you know they're a little bit like referees too you don't really notice them until they screw something up real big and so i'm 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 hoping that uh that that my profile in that nature is uh fairly low um because i don't uh i i don't view that as something that that that's really that i desire to do but but having said that um given where the program has been and given the feeling i think of some alums of of the frustration of of the perceptions a real black eye on, on academics a real black eye on compliance, I think it's important to uh, to get out there and talk about what I think the priorities are and hope that those resonate with people, that they feel like um, the program is going in the right direction, that, that I'm not sure if that guy knows what he's doing, but he, he seems like he gets the things that I care about, um, following the rules, achieving academically, winning Big Ten championships. Um, and I want to also hear back. You know, it's 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 easy to get sequestered, and have a bunch of uh, people tell you stuff you want to hear. But you know, it's better I think to be out here and hear what your callers want to talk about, or be at Nick's and hear what the guys at the bar are hearing, or you know, wander through Hyper and see what the kids are thinking. I spent a couple hours over at the Foster uh, cafeteria to hear what the kids were thinking there. I try to walk around at basketball games and and hear from people. So. Um, is one of the things I really preach to the law firm lawyers notoriously want to stay in their little office and, and 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 wallow in process, but I would always tell people the action is out there and and i 'm trying to be where the action is, which I think for me uh, to a great extent is hearing what 's going on outside of assembly hall.
0: well, one of our callers is going to ask you a question excellent so, right. excellent be careful what you wish for Bob. <laughs> so, right. get it. so Dave is on the line Dave yes uh,
1: my, my question is is we 've We've gone um, to great heights with some very limited resources on our campus, and um, aside from going to just the donor list or, or to some of the people who sponsor our programs, are there other ways that we can can figure out how to maybe even do more with the very limited resources that we have?
2: Yeah, that's an, a great question and an excellent observation. Um, uh, as Dave probably knows and reflects knowledge of the fact that we rank at the bottom in the Big Ten in terms of, of the resources we spend per sport. Um, so we're, we're, we're fighting uphill in a lot of ways. Now, um, the good news about that is because of our size, hopefully we can be more nimble and we've got to be. We've got to be faster, smarter, quicker um, than our opposition because we've got at least a couple aircraft carriers in our conference and we're more like a PT boat. And um, and that's not good if you if you sort of collide. But it can be good if we can shoot them from the side and 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 take off. So we're going to try to be uh, more strategic than than some of our counterparts. I think we were in, in a way. You know, we we came up with the five dollar balcony uh, tickets, which I think was was very successful. And and the best evidence of that was shortly thereafter, Ohio State and Iowa followed our lead. And I think that's an example of of trying to do things a a, a little differently. To, to your specific question, Dave, I think there's there's rocks we can look under to, to get more uh resources um, other than our donors. One, we talked about that a little before is, is our football stadium. You know, we if if we sold that thing out, which I earnestly believe we can, um those are significant dollars that help the the entire rest of our program. Um I think there's some things that we can do. Uh, on on sponsorships and partnerships without uh, cluttering up Assembly Hall with a bunch of uh, uh, additional advertising. I think there's things we can do that that, that our partners would find valuable that would increase resources for us. So we're going to try to be very aggressive in um, raising as much money as we can. Um, But you know, on our $52 million budget, we'd have to add $17 million just to get to the middle of the Big Ten. And that's not going to happen. So combined with trying to generate more money, We're going to have to be really careful to spend every dollar we have very carefully.
3: You said you thought you were lucky to come to the job with a varied skill set and you've got a law background. You've got a politics background. Are there things that you learned in those two professions, like you mentioned, trying to get out into the community more Mm -hmm. and hear what people are saying that will make your job easier and that will allow you to bring a different perspective to um, working towards your goals in this job?
2: Well, I'd like I'd like to think that's right, and I, I think one of the benefits, frankly, has been um, bringing in an external set of eyes. Um, not having been part of this industry, not having been part of this department, and I need to be careful to always try to uh, I think keep that outside perspective and not uh, get uh, get sucked in um, to sort of groupthink or internal thinking. I think the uh, working in government politics has helped me understand that this is really a form of public service. Uh, we're a public university. Uh, we need to be transparent. We need to be responsive to our constituencies. Um, I don't fear open records requests or, or that sort of thing. I think that's, I think that's helpful. Um, but per, perhaps most importantly, I think um, understanding the importance of bringing constituencies together to pursue common goals and explaining why it's important to you know, get the resources necessary to upgrade the, the pool. Um, why it's necessary to have more resources, why we need to make football successful, not just for football's sake but for others' sake and not just uh, lead by dictate. So I think, I think, those, uh, I think that those realities of the jobs I've had before will, will be useful to me in this one.
3: We, we talked a little bit about engaging the donors. We have another person here who has emailed us and wants to know, have you had a chance to meet with Mark Cuban or John Mellencamp and discuss continued support with them? This person says just their attendance helps add student attendance and spirit at sports events. And by the way, the money has helped too. Right, right,
2: right. Um, you know, John and Elaine Mellencamp have been extraordinarily generous with their, with their time and counsel. Uh, they reached out to me right when I was named and I've had uh, a lot of interaction with them, which is uh, not only great for the university but very cool for me personally you know, since, <laughs> since I'm fans of them both. Um, and then Mark Cuban um, was a classmate of mine here. And I didn't know him in Bloomington, but I ran around with guys he ran around with and have had interaction uh, with him and, and spent a few quarters in uh, Motley's uh, back in the day too. Uh, and I'm optimistic that uh, that we'll be able to reestablish a relationship. And I'd love to have him around uh, campus. Probably wouldn't
0: hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to ask about grades and academics because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've said that's one of your highest priorities mm-hmm. and... And I think if uh, people have paid attention to the the most recent release of GPAs, IU looks like it's doing great and GPA, the GPA for most sports is very, very good on campus. When are we going to get the impact of what happened under Kelvin Sampson in basketball? Because those things lag a little bit. When right. are we going to see those numbers right. come out?
2: Right. Well first I really appreciate your observation about how well we are doing academically cuz I think overall we are and you know it's it's also overall in compliance we're doing really great. I mean I think we have a culture of compliance. Um so none of my priorities suggest that we're not doing those things but I think they suggest that we need to be very focused on them and make sure we continue uh to improve the uh there is a lag time on the uh, on the fallout from um uh the academic performance of uh Kelvin Sampson's group; um, it uh, it manifests itself in the uh, in the APR and other related ratings. Um, we're in dialogue with the NCAA to uh, try to get some relief from that because of what we feel were the fairly extraordinary circumstances um, of what went on. Um, I'm really pleased that 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 Coach Crean and his staff have really embraced the uh, the focus on academics, uh, making sure everybody's progressing toward. Uh, graduation, and I think um, while while uh, while it 'll be a delayed blip on the screen it 'll be a blip that hopefully will uh, go go beyond and my hope is in three years, people are coming to i u asking us how we did it how, how, did, how do we turn around the perspective and uh, uh, reputation on um, on uh, compliance and and academics and how did you start with that little bitty budget of yours winning all these big ten championships that's that 's what i 'm hoping happens mm-hmm.
0: All right. Ten minutes left in the program. 855-0811-877-285-9348. WFIU.org slash noon edition is how to find us online and you can Twitter us at noon edition. Don't let this opportunity to talk to Fred go by the board. So it sounds like most of your
3: interactions with people have been pretty good. Um, but I, I wonder if there are some who have seen a lot of the negative news reporting about IU athletics over the last couple of years. They see a basketball and a football team that are rebuilding and and do you, do you get the impression that there are some people who are muttering under their breath that they can do your job better than you can do
2: your job oh i 'm sure there are um, the, the response has been terrific. I mean uh, the response on campus has been wonderful. Um, you know, I met with one hundred and fifty people but, but, between the time that I was announced and when I took the job, uh, which was, was a great opportunity for me to climb the learning curve. But the, the response to people, to me reaching out to them was absolutely terrific. We were up in Indianapolis speaking to alumni lunch and we had 500 people there and had to turn 100 people away. So, so, so the response um, to, uh, to, to, to me talking about Indiana University has been very, very positive. Um, you know, I get – I've been on other call-in shows. I get really you know, sort of positive response and all that. So I love that. I think it's great. Um, but, you know, part of the fun of sports is second-guessing the coach and the referee <laughs> and the athletic director. I mean that's OK. And, and, and you know, I'm still in the honeymoon. I haven't really had a chance to make a decision to really make anybody mad. I, I will or, or whether it's a decision or a non-decision and I get that. So the water is not always going to be calm. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be choppy, but that's just part of the gig, you know. I mean, I got the coolest job in the world. I get to go to games as part of what I'm supposed to do, you know. I get to you know talk to you guys about sports. Um, um, you know, I, I work in Assembly Hall for God's sakes. You know, it's it's like it's this really great job, and you got to pay the piper, you know. And um, part of the piper I will pay is that you know there'll be there'll be criticism, but I, that's just part of the that's part of the job, and and I don't begrudge it, you know. Um, I sort of I sort of welcome it because it's part of what makes sports great. It's why people are arguing about their brackets and who got placed where and what happened to St. Mary's and. You know, it's how's it's, your bracket doing, by the way? Mm-hmm. I, I took a hit yesterday. Yeah, mine yeah. Too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Um, I, yeah, I referenced uh, President McRobbie's quote earlier that you're someone who can get big things done. And I wanted to go back to your time in Indianapolis and the building of, and financing of Lucas Oil and uh, attracting a Super Bowl. I know that you were you headed up the bid that wasn 't successful right, right? but right. that certainly sort of set the stage for the bid that was successful. what are the some of the key elements you know in trying to to you know, when you dream big find that big thing what are some of the key elements to actually getting you to where you want to go
2: I, I'm tempted to stay to say being too stupid to know you can 't do it and, 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 and that 's not all wrong um, you know I think Herman b Wells, one of his favorite quotes was uh, do not dream small dreams. They lack the um, passion to stir men's blood. And I think there's something to that. When we were talking about trying to keep the Colts and build a stadium and expand the convention center, um, we looked at that and thought that was going to cost us $800 million. And it's like, how do you do that? Where do you start? You got to be kidding me. But you just start eating the elephant one piece at a time and you start figuring out how you do it. So I think the responsibility of leadership is showing how you can get there. But that's not enough. Then you've got to explain to everyone why you need to get there and, um, and be, willing to, be willing to go after those things and not being afraid of failure. I, I was joking earlier about not being able to hold a job and that's that, that's certainly true. But it's reflective I think of my willingness to try different things. I've, I've talked to kids that say, well, how do you get to be an athletic director? I want to do that and I'm like, well, I have absolutely no idea but my advice to you is be willing to get out of your comfort zone and try different things, um, and so that's that's a, that's what I've tried to follow with my uh, with my career. It's led to this great job, and I think it's a little bit true of these other initiatives. The mayor asked me to do the Super Bowl thing. I didn't want to do it. Um, he said, "You know, he convinced me to do it." I had a lot of fun with it. We went after it, and we we uh, eventually were successful, and we you know uh, got some other things done in terms of public infrastructure. That uh, seemed like it was uh, not possible to do, but we, we took it on and we weren't afraid. And whether we were dumb or not, we, we got it done. Okay, so why is it important that
0: IU go to the Rose Bowl?
2: Um, well, because I would like to go. That's a big dream, <laughs> you know. It's um, the trip to Pasadena. Yeah. Um, every other Big Ten school pretty much has figured it out, uh, but for us, people say that it can't be done at, at Indiana, and I just I just don't accept that every school's got their little rule reason why you know it's can't be done and you know wherever because of of the challenges that they have we can do it um and that's the right and that's the right goal because that's for a lot of people what what winning the big 10 championships all about um and that and that's the goal i have and i don't expect <laughs> coach lynch to get there uh next year um, but but I'm not satisfied to, to to wallow in the middle of the of the pack. I want to I want to burst out and have the kind of runs that other other teams have had in our conference. Mm-hmm.
0: So no reason not to. Right.
2: All right. Uh,
0: we have a few minutes left. If you want to get a call in, eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, and 9348 dot org slash noon edition. Which do you think got you more
3: public comment: working uh, for Governor By or working in your current job? And are they different types of comment? You know, you're at one point you're helping run the entire state. Now you're helping run one department of one university. But I get the sense that you might get the same amount of feedback. <laughs>
2: Right, well, being chief of staff for the governor was a great, great job and, and the best learning experience of my life. Um, it was very much a behind-the-scenes job, and I deliberately avoided the limelight and being out front on things because I was essentially the uh, chief operating officer to a CEO, and uh, I got very little public, you know, comment. I mean, there were, you know, kibitzers that wanted to to, to offer suggestions, but there wasn't much out there. Compared to this, this job's ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 um, you know, my wife just laughs about you know all the attention that it gets and the people that stop me on the street to give me advice about this or that. It's, it's uh, it's very high profile, which is really not anything I I, I sought out. I mean, I that that's not a part of the job, frankly, that I find real attractive. I'd be just as happy if I was sort of plugging away um, quietly. But as we were talking about before. At this moment in its history, I think it's important to publicly lead and explain what we're trying to do.
0: All right. We're going to go to our last email of the day because we only have a couple more minutes. But this one says, I definitely think the athletic program is making great strides However, I think we place uh, too much of a premium on football and basketball, the revenue-generating sports. Why isn't the marketing department promoting the non-revenue-generating sports like volleyball, wrestling, and tennis? These events are free to students and are cheap to adults.
2: Right. No, I think that's a great point. Um, look, we have to promote uh, uh, men's basketball and uh, football because they generate all the money to pay for all the other sports. and good, bad, or indifferent, that's that's the reality. And so we will spend a disproportionate amount of our focus on generating those monies, not just for those sports, but really for all the other sports. Having said that, I think we clearly need to do a better job of marketing other sports. We have some of the best coaches um, in the country. It's it's, it's uh, disappointing how, how f- few fans come to our women's basketball games. We've got uh, a homegrown uh, star in Sherry Dunbar coaching our Volleyball team, they're going to do great things, um, and, and I could go really on and on. Football, or um, uh, track and field, swimming and diving, et cetera, et cetera. So we are trying to do some things. For example, a little thing. I was at a coaches' meeting, and I meet with them regularly, just me. And they said we can't get posters for just our sports with a schedule. They do like spring sports and winter sports and whatever. And and I and I said, well, why is that? And I said, well, not sure. We haven't been able to do that for like ever. So I left the meeting and asked two people what was going on. It wasn't a good answer. So within 10 minutes, we now have uh, posters and schedules for individual sports. It's a small thing, but that was important to them. And I think there's some blocking and tackling we can do to better support uh, the uh, Olympic sports, as we like to call our non-revenue generating sports, Um, And and then bigger things to try to drive attendance. I met with Sherry Dunbar about maybe having fraternities and dormitories adopt the volleyball team and and pack the youth school because it is a huge um, competitive advantage when that place is packed. And there's a lot of other examples, but the bottom line is I think we get that and we're going to be working at that as we go forward. Okay, and we should say the uh, women's basketball team plays Saturday at two, Saturday,
0: Sunday, two Sunday. Sunday at 2 o'clock. Sunday. I hope at everybody
2: comes out. Right,
0: okay, and we're out of time. I want to thank Fred Glass, the uh, IU athletic Director, for being here with us today. For Stan Jastrebsky, producer Ariana Prothero, and engineer John Shelton, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening.
1: This is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at wfiu.org.
0: Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville Telephone Company, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922, offering bundled packages, high-speed internet, and wireless phones. Smithville Telephone, local pride, global technology, information at smithville.net.